The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Tuesday, the 11th of April in London. Coming up today, below 1%, the IMF says rates will eventually revert to ultra-low levels. The only way is down. Bank of America's Hartness urges clients to offload equities amid peak rates. A presidential visit. Biden heads to Belfast to mark the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. US profits set to slump, taking stock while in Congress and junior doctors walk out. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, Winkle Loss? Billionaire twins Tyler and Cameron support their Gemini crypto exchange with a $100 million loan. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. Here are the stories we're following today. The International Monetary Fund says ultra-low interest rates will make a comeback. In its latest global outlook, the IMF argues that ageing populations and sluggish productivity will push rates back below 1%. Managing Director Kristalina Georgieva says the next few years will be tough on growth. Despite the remarkable resilience of consumer spending in the United States, in Europe, despite the uplift from China's reopening, global growth would remain below 3% as we projected it earlier this year. And what is more concerning, it would remain around 3% for the next five years. Georgieva and the IMF also warned that a lower neutral rate will limit the ability of central banks to stimulate their economies. But that's not a view shared by everyone. Former US Treasury Secretary Larry Summers says government borrowing and the transition to net zero will keep rates closer to 2% in the coming years. Now, sell the last hike. That's the view of Bank of America's chief investment strategist, Michael Hartnett, who's telling clients to offload equities amid peak rates. Hartnett says investors are too optimistic about possible rate cuts and not pessimistic enough about the risk of a recession. His comments come as the New York Fed president, John Williams, says market expectations don't factor into his thinking. Do I worry if market expectations expect us to lower interest rates by later this year and, and, and significantly next year? I think my answer is I don't really worry about it. John Williams also rejecting the idea that aggressive rate increases are to blame for the recent banking crisis. Now, Joe Biden arrives in Northern Ireland today to mark 25 years of the Good Friday peace agreement. While the deal largely ended decades of sectarian conflict, the power-sharing government it created has frequently been suspended due to disputes among the parties. 
Former Irish Government Minister Liz O'Donnell, who helped negotiate the agreement in 1998, says some of the hopes for the deal have yet to be realised. Unfortunately, since the Good Friday Agreement, because there still has been political instability and the institutions of governance in Northern Ireland have only sat fitfully, I think the great promise of the economic dividend has not yet been achieved. But I do believe there is, as we come to the final element of post-Brexit arrangements for trade, that economic dividend is there for the taking. That's former Irish Government Minister Liz O'Donnell speaking to us on Bloomberg Radio. Joe Biden will meet Rishi Sunak when he arrives in Belfast later. Consumer price inflation in China slowed even as economic activity picked up, suggesting room for more growth and looser monetary policy. CPI slowed to 0.7% in March, missing economists' estimates of 1%. It comes as some in China accuse the US of trying to limit its economic growth. The US Treasury's top international official, Jay Shambar, says there aren't plans to decouple from China. We obviously need to be able to work together. And I think that's something you heard from the leaders when they had the summit in Bali, that they charged their teams to, to communicate and work together, and in particular work together on global challenges. So they said, you know, the world expects us to be able to work together on some of these big challenges, whether it's climate or debt or things like that. U.S. Treasury Undersecretary for International Affairs Jay Shamba was speaking to Bloomberg as Treasury officials will be talking to their Chinese counterparts this week about issues including debt restructuring for developing countries. Now, the Pentagon says a recent leak of documents on social media poses a very serious risk to national security. The documents include details of U.S. spying on allies and an assessment of weaknesses in Ukraine's military Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the details. Both defense and DOJ involved now. The Department of Defense has referred this to the Department of Justice for a criminal investigation, and I certainly would refer you to them, but I'm not aware that they've come to any conclusions at this point about where they're coming from. White House spokesman John Kirby says they don't know how much is out there and whether more will be posted. We're going to get to the bottom of this, um, and then if there's actions that need to be taken, uh, as we learn more about the extent of what happened here, we'll obviously take those. Kirby says hard to tell at this point how much damage has been done. He says defense officials are talking to allies. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Well, those are some of our top stories on the program this morning. One of the commodities in the markets that we're watching this morning is Bitcoin, up over $30,000 uh, in trading early this Tuesday. Interesting to watch a story coming out of the crypto space, though, to do with the Winklevoss twins. This is Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss having to dip into their own pockets to support their crypto exchange, Gemini Trust. They've lent it $100 million, according to sources who have been speaking to Bloomberg, people familiar with the matter. This is at a time that... Gemini has been facing a whole range of challenges, partly linked to the broader uh, challenges in the crypto space, things like the collapse of FTX, which had hurt the crypto lender Genesis Global, which went under. That was Gemini's partner in its Earn lending product. Pausing redemptions on earn accounts left $900 million of customer money in limbo at Gemini, led to a heated spat uh, between the Winklevoss twins and Barry Silbert, who's the CEO of the Digital Currency Group, which is Genesis' parent company. And essentially, the parties have reached an agreement in principle to resolve the dispute. Uh, Gemini, though, still needing extra money, although this $100 million won't go towards that particular issue, but it's going to fund operations 
look, this is an illustration of some of those big challenges really being faced in the crypto space by many companies. The Winklevoss is stepping in to support their own part of that business at a time that, you know, they're facing legal, the company, rather Gemini, is facing legal actions uh, from the SEC over the collapse of Genesis. And the CFTC is also suing Gemini over allegations it was misled over plans to launch the first US regulated Bitcoin futures contract. So an interesting illustration of some of the challenges uh, in that space as well. Let's turn back, though, to the interest rate story today and those comments from the International Monetary Fund that says that rates will come back to ultra low levels once inflation has been tamed. Our chief rates correspondent Garfield Reynolds is with us for more now. Garfield, unsurprisingly, there are plenty of divergent opinions on where interest rates will go. Um, the uh, you know We've got the IMF on one hand saying that rates will come back to those ultra low levels. Larry Summers, for example, saying that things will remain higher than there, one and a half to two percent is what he's talking about. What do you make of the IMF's forecast on this? Well, you know, the IMF is is looking at the global growth outlook and is very concerned. And it's assuming that slow growth means inflation goes away. That's yeah, you know, the general assumption from from most people, probably even Larry Summers, it's just that people have different uh, you know, horizons for how rapidly they think inflation will come down. Now, the big concern that has to be out there, which people mostly don't want to discuss too much, is you know what if you get the sort of slow growth the IMF is talking about, but you also get the kind of elevated inflation that Larry Summers is talking about. And in that case, you kind of get the worst of both worlds. You will have to have higher interest rates than you might expect, and those interest rates will have difficulties uh, you know, coming down rapidly if you do get a slowdown, but they'll, they'll also struggle to bring inflation down as fast as people might expect. Yeah, so a complicated picture uh, lying ahead. Uh, In the more immediate future, we're getting US CPI tomorrow. We're expecting to see uh, a slowdown in the headline rate. Economist estimates uh, 5.1%. But the core rate could tick up slightly from 5.5 to 5.6%, the numbers for March. Also, the Fed minutes to come too. What what are markets watching out for? Well, markets seem to be very, you know, Nervy about the prospect that the CPI release will be, you know, similarly a surprise to the upside the way that the labor market release was at the end of last week. And if you got that, then you would get your absolute confirmation of the idea that the Fed is going to hike in May. And that's after it's not that long ago that that was seen as being a 50/50 or even slightly less than 50/50 proposition. But you know, we've had a. a decrease in the concerns about the banking sector. We've had that strong labor market data. If we get probably even just in-line CPI with some of the comments that have been coming out of the Fed with their ongoing concerns about inflation and the dot plot saying they expect to go above 5% before they peak out, uh, yeah, you, you would need a significant downside surprise to sh- get the market saying, okay, maybe the Fed will hold next month. Garfield, a word too on Japan. We heard from the Bank of Japan Governor, the new Bank of Japan Governor, Kazuo Ueda, uh, yesterday. No signs of a sudden change to monetary policy. What should we take away from his comments and, and what's been the market reaction? 
while the market reaction has been to sell the yen, uh, you know, his comments were definitely seen as being dovish. Uh, no sudden moves, no real, uh, you know, nothing there to encourage the yen bulls and uh, bond bears who've been expecting that there's a chance that a new governor might mean a move towards ending yield curve control. That's been quashed fairly strongly, at least so far. Uh, and so, yeah, down goes the yen. And the, the big concern for the authorities here in Japan has to be if that yen, if those yen declines extend too far, which might happen if we do get a more hawkish Fed, then do they get back to the sort of declines we saw in the yen end of last year uh, that actually caused a lot of difficulties, both politically and economically, in Japan because it got to levels that really the local population were not at all comfortable with. Yeah, and interesting to see the the yen just up by two times of one percent yesterday after that fall that we saw, um, two times of one percent today rather after the fall that we saw yesterday as well. As the market's continuing to think about how those comments point us towards what Kazuo Ueda does next. Our chief rights correspondent Garfield Reynolds, thank you very much for that. Up next, U.S. profits set to slump, taking stock while in Congress, and junior doctors walk out. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. And Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans is with us with a review of this morning's papers. Leanne, let's start with the Financial Times. The headline there, US companies face biggest decline in profits since COVID shutdowns. Yes, indeed, Stephen. Good morning to you. So ahead of those first quarter earnings seasons that we're expecting, which begins with a trio of big banks, we've got Citigroup, Wells Fargo and JP Morgan all reporting their results on Friday. But Stephen, the outlook does appear super gloomy at the moment. According to 
Wall Street forecast corporate America is facing its sharpest drop in profits. And that's actually since the early stages of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, they're saying the FT that this is due to high inflation, squeezing margins and fears of a looming recession, which is really holding back a demand for things over in the US. And according to estimates by Factsheet, companies on the S&P 500 are expected to report a 6.8% decline in first quarter earnings compared to the previous year, the same period a year earlier, basically. Mm. Of the 11 sectors, Stephen, in the S&P 500, it's reported that materials is expected to take the worst earnings hit. But something did surprise me. Despite the recent turmoil in the UK bank, the US banking industry, apologies, that we have seen, the financial sector is actually expected to report a 2.4% increase in profit and lead all sectors in the revenue growth. And that's despite the fallout we saw from Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank over in the US. Yeah, that is interesting. It'll be interesting to watch as we start to get those numbers out of the US, how they match up to those expectations. Uh, let's go to the Wall Street Journal next, Leanne. The headline there, lawmakers trade bank stocks while working in US bank failure fallout. Yes, indeed. So two lawmakers have reported trades and bank stocks as they worked on these efforts by the government to address the fallout from two of the largest bank failures in US history, which I just mentioned, Silicon Valley Bank and also Signature Bank. Now, the disclosures disclosures by a New York Republican and also an Oregon Democrat is the latest instant, uh, instance of congressional stock trading crossing over with official business. But Stephen, it's important to say that lawmakers aren't required to disclose the time at which their trades were actually made. So this makes it impossible to determine how much money they made or lost on these stock trades. So the Republican, Nicole Moliotakis, bought stock in a regional bank before an agreement was made to take over signature bank deposits following its closure. And it's just saying that she actually bought the stock after she met with financial regulators to discuss mm. the bank's closure. And Earl Bluminata also reported three trades in bank stocks in the wake of bank failures. Now, yeah, so. these trades could intensify the pressure on Congress to restrict stock trading by lawmakers. But there we are, Stephen. The debate once again opens if this is something that can continue. Yeah, interesting story there from the Wall Street Journal. Let's go to the Times next, Leanne. Uh, here in the UK, four-day junior doctor strikes out to disrupt NHS for a month. Yes, indeed. So junior doctors in England will walk out for 96 hours. And that says the union, the BMA, calls for this 35% pay rise. Now, ministers are saying this is completely unrealistic, the request for such a bump in their wages. It has also been described as the most dangerous and disruptive strike action yet in the health service. And health chiefs are urging the public, Stephen, to avoid any risky behaviour because this walkout will also affect A&E and well over 300,000 operations and appointments could be cancelled due to this walkout. So big disruption in the NHS for the next four days. 
This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.